Eagles Entertainment. Welcome, Eagles, everywhere to the Eagles Insider Podcast. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro. This podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. And I'm at the NovaCare Complex. And we are, as I record this, less than 76 hours away from the Eagles, like the rest of the NFL, reducing the roster to 53 players. It's really remarkable to think about how this whole operation has worked with the COVID-19 pandemic, with no on-field training throughout the spring, no preseason games, and yet the Eagles feel like they've got a good grip on who's going to make this team and who's not. We'll talk to two players who, well, I guess they feel like they're on the bubble, but it maybe isn't reality. Rookie wide receiver John Hightower, who's made a play pretty much every day in camp. Does he make the roster, the 53-man roster? We'll talk about that and the pressure that he's been under coming into a new environment in the NFL. And then Boston Scott. Now, I think we all agree Boston Scott is going to make the 53-man roster and be a key part of things in the Eagles' offensive backfield. But that's not the mindset that he's accustomed to having. We'll learn more from Boston in just a bit. Two things to tackle here at the top, though, and they involve the offense and the defense. Let's begin with the offense, where continued questions to head coach Doug Peterson about the left tackle position and about, well, why wouldn't you move Jason Peters, who's been one of the best to ever play left tackle, move him from right guard to left tackle. Move Matt Pryor from left tackle back to right guard, where he played last year. That isn't the approach Peterson is taking, and he wants to make sure that everyone knows it. Right now, Matt Pryor's playing left tackle, and right now, Jason Peters is playing right guard. The fact that uh, you know Jason has really embraced the, a new role for him, uh, he's done it well. He's playing at a high level in in, in what we've asked him to do there, and and uh, he's comfortable. So um, it's hard, as you guys know, it's hard to disrupt too many too many positions uh, with that offensive line. And and um, we've got a few more days here before we you know we really get into regular season week to to, to find out who that uh, that left tackle will be. But got some options over there. The fact that he's come in here and he's done a great job for us at right guard, he's, he's solidified that right guard. He's worked well with, with Lane when Lane's been out there. Um, he's working great with Kelsey. Kelsey has a comfort level there with him. And, and you know, the thing is, if, if we end up, you know, moving too many spots, it, especially this late, this late into camp, it can, it can disrupt some timing up front. Those guys need to be in sync. And, and so for us, you know, to, 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 you know, to go out and, and put our best five up there, uh, that's that's where we're that's the plan that's where we're going that's where we're headed and we're going to get them all ready to play. And then for the Eagles defense, no preseason games, only two scrimmage sessions where there was actually tackling to the ground. How do you evaluate your players accurately? Coordinator Jim Schwartz really isn't all that concerned about it. Yeah, I, th- I think different is is the best adjective that you use there. Um, you know, I think that there's still plenty of times to evaluate players. You know, in a normal year, you draft a guy or you have a guy that's left over from the year before and you see him progress through the offseason program, you know, whether he looks stronger, faster, um, you know, better technique, those kind of things. And then you get him in the classroom and you're saying, okay, yeah, his understanding is better. And then you validate that by going out to do position drills in phase two. And then you validate that again 
with OTAs and minicamp, and then you have month off, and then you come back and you know validate it again in training camp, and then you validate it again with your first scrimmage, and then you validate it through preseason games. And the only thing we really have now, we missed that spring. We didn't miss the um, knowledge of the scheme and things like that because we were able to evaluate that just doing things like we're doing right now, just you know going over Microsoft Teams. Um, and then you did see where guys were at the beginning of training camp, and you did have a couple scrimmages that you could see, but we did miss out on those preseason games. Um, we've had enough practice time, enough individual time, enough – um, you know, technique work and things like that, um, that we have a good evaluation of our guys. Not, nothing really replaces live game reps. Um, you know, I'll just tell a quick story. You know, it, it, whenever we had rookies in particular, um, they always start off, they're overwhelmed, and then they come back and they seem like they got it. And then we have that open practice at the link, and there'd be, you know, 40,000 people over there, you know, singing Fly Eagles Fly. And those guys would sort of go to pieces, things that a couple days ago they had mastered. All of a sudden, they would just blow circuits because it was their first exposure to that kind of environment. Same thing for like the first preseason game. But then you saw the the, the players just settle down and they're like, yeah, I got this. And it's, you know, and they knew what to expect. So there is that little bit of uncertainty um, because even when we did go over to Link and we did see some of that stuff that, you know, guys had stone cold a couple days before, you know, we had some missed assignments um, over at the link. But, um, you know, even when there was no fans, we saw that. But now we don't have preseason games. So even though we had a lot of time to evaluate, there's you're still missing that, okay, what about the, you know, the the real bullets flying and how is, how is this player going to react to that? Is he ready for that? And those are things we're just going to have to go with, you know, practice film and instincts and experience to evaluate. We will keep our eye on both of those situations. Now let's move on to the players and the one-on-one interviews. First up, Boston Scott. Last year, practice squad to active roster in that win against the Giants last year, three touchdowns scored to clinch the NFC East. Wentz in the gun on first down to Boston Scott, who runs in, standing up, untouched. Boston Scott. Wentz gives to Scott. Up the middle. He pushes. He's in. Touchdown. Standing up. Standing up. Jason Peters leveled his man, and the Eagles increased their margin. Ball at the seven. Wentz. Comes back, gives it to Scott again. He is pushing. He is in for a touchdown. Boston Scott did it. Scott earned NFC Offensive Player of the Week for his performance. And now he's back for more in 2020. One-on-one with Eagles running back Boston Scott. For the first time in his career, Boston Scott, I think he knows he's going to make an NFL roster. We'll find out here in just a moment. I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro. Boston, you do know you're going to make the team now, right? You feel that? I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Do you still have that um, that angst about you know making a team? I think it's important to always have that. You know what I mean? Uh, it's one of the worst things that you can definitely run into in the NFL is getting complacent and thinking that you've made it. You know what I'm saying? So just the way that I'm built, the way that I've you know been able to see success is just always having a feeling of am I doing enough? You know, am I? You know, what more do I need to do? What more? You know what I'm saying? Being smart with it. 
but at the same time, I don't think that that feeling will ever go away. I would, now, maybe this is a different feeling, but I would have thought after the success you had last year, it would be like, hey, I know I can do this. Now, how much more can I do? Right, exactly. Right? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, for sure. You know what I'm saying? Like, having an opportunity to step out there, you know, having the coaches trust in me, and then ha being able to be productive uh, in the time that I was out there definitely boosts my confidence, you know, and then having multiple years to study the offense, get more comfortable with the scheme, um, I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm excited about it. But, you know, like I said, I don't, I don't want to go too high. I don't want to go too low. Just want to continue to build up up until opening day. Why are you a better football player now than you were last December? I would say, I would just say smarts, man. Like I said, like the more you know, the more comfortable you are and you can let your God-given ability take over, you know, uh, and it's just continuing to build on, you know, your football IQ, you know what I'm saying? Like when you get to this level, obviously they have some freaks, they have some monsters out there, but it truly, you know, the saying, it's, it's truly like 10% physical and 90% mental. The more you know, the more you can get ahead mentally, then everything else will slow down for you. So I really would say that's where I've been trying to focus the most, and it's really been helping me out. In the game of, you know, chess matches at the NFL, the league knows all about Boston Scott now. They've had a year to watch what you did last season. So what is your counter move, right? You expect them to have a game plan for you. Uh, what, how do you counter that? Absolutely. I mean, I, yeah, the film, the film is definitely out there. And, you know, I think, I think that Deuce is going to – Deuce, Doug P, they're going to they're gonna do the best they can to put me in situations to be in space or whatever it may be, you know, even in the run game, whatever, you know. But from there, you know, I got, I got to get into that – Deuce says you got to get into that old toolbox and pull out some new tricks. So, you know, I'm just going to – been continuing to work on my craft and you know I'm 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 gonna adjust do you feel like a, a veteran that's seen everything in this league do you, do you feel that uh in a sense you know I I feel like you gotta continue to learn you know what I mean I I still at the end of the day you know I know that every year is a new year and I don't feel like I've really earned it yet or even set or hit the standard that I've set for myself you know what I'm saying so you know, I just look at it as you got to continue to learn, continue to be a student of the game, um, you know, but uh, I still feel like I'm a young buck trying to, trying to find my way. If you could put into context something that we talked about earlier in the offseason, you go from a player that not a lot of fans knew about to a player that scores three touchdowns against the Giants, NFC Offensive Player of the Week, everybody wants a piece of you. How intense does it get from the fan standpoint, from the media standpoint? How do you handle that stuff? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm very, I'm very appreciative and supportive of, you know, the fan base, you know, the fans that show love, you know, and all the, all the media and stuff. But at the end of the day, you know, the circle around me, I, I try not to focus too much on that. I just focus on the task at hand, you know. Uh, I just focus in on my job, and I'm just trying to go out there and do what I'm supposed to do. So, you know, I'm just trying to stay even keel, you know what I mean. And but make no mistake, I absolutely appreciate all the support. Um, it's, it's, been, it's been pretty cool to see. Boston, last one. How good can this offense be? Do you have a sense at this point? We can be as good as we want to be. You know what I mean? I, I, I see, you know, a lot of good things, man. We have, we have a lot of great pieces in place, man, and I have full confidence in, you know, the coaching staff, this organization, and being able to put guys in situations where they can excel. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it, man. I, I have the utmost confidence in all the guys in that locker room, and all the guys upstairs. Can you taste that first game? Can you taste that feeling of, of getting ready for the regular season? I'm going to be ready, dog. Yeah, man. I love it. Boston yeah. Scott, thanks, man. Thanks for joining us. Good luck the rest of the way here in training camp, and 
Go beat up on Washington on September 13th. Appreciate it, dog. Thank you, dude. Yes, sir. The rookies are still trying to keep up with the pace of life in the NFL. Fifth-round draft pick John Hightower from Boise State is no different. He's trying to make sure that he keeps some F-U-N in the equation in his quest to make the 53-man roster. A fifth-round draft pick from Boise State, John Hightower is wasting no time making his impact felt with the Philadelphia Eagles in his first training camp. He joins me now, Eagles insider Dave Spadaro. And John, uh, describe, if you could, for those who are watching, your parents, your loved ones, your family, what training camp has been like on and off the field. Uh, it's been fun. It's definitely been fun uh, to go out there with, uh, you know, different guys playing the game, football, and then learning new plays and everything, and, and actually going out there and competing. It's, it's been real fun. So it, it's it's – you're saying fun. It's it, – the – the pressure hasn't gotten to you a little bit. I mean, you've kind of feel like it looks like you've handled it really well. How, how have you dealt with the pressure? Do you have any secrets for kind of you know, making sure that this moment is not too large for you? Uh, yeah, you just got to go out there and have fun. You, you just got to go out there with the mindset and to play loose and, and not be all uptight. Just don't think about it too much. Just go out there and have a, a good mindset that you, you, you should be here. How much different is the verbiage of an NFL play versus what you learned at Boise State? Uh, it's, it's, it's not too bad. I feel like Boise State really helped me prepare for where I am now. So it's just it's just different verbiage. But as far as you just got to learn how the plays go. And once you figure that out, then you'll be fine. Jason Avant has been working with you, Matthew Harper, Aaron Moorhead. What kind of messages do they give you every day? Uh, go out there, compete. Um, work, your, work your butt off. Um, just don't give up. Go out there and play with that confidence. Is the level of coaching here, you know, something that not to slight Boise State at all, but it's college versus the NFL. Is it a whole different world, the level of detail that you need to play the position of wide receiver? Uh, yes, it's definitely a lot of detail. But I feel like uh, my coach, Eric Keesaw at Boise State, I feel like he prepared me for this. So I felt like he did a really good job to uh, put me in the position that I am in now. John, what, what position are you in right now? How do you, how do you see your, your, your situation? Um, they move me around a, a, a little bit, so I just got to lock in on all the positions, not just one. Just learn the whole playbook. Do you feel like you've made the team? Uh, no, not yet. I, I, still, I feel like I, I still got a lot to prove. What will the rest of this week be like for you? Any, any jitters, nervousness, thoughts about when the roster gets cut down to 53 players? Uh, I try not to think about it. I just go out there uh, every day, take it one day at a time, and then just focus on that day. John, was there a welcome to the NFL kind of moment for you in this training camp where you go, you know what, I think I'm going to be all right here? <laughs> uh, no specific play. Uh, just going out there every day and figuring out how the game speed is and, and just going through, going through practices just allowed me to think to myself that it, I, I should be here. Let, let's talk about a normal day of NFL training camp versus what you would have experienced in college. So what time do you get to the complex? Can you kind of take us through the day until you lay your head on the pillow at night? All right, yeah, so I get here about 7 a.m. Uh, I take the corona test, uh, go to the training room, uh, you know, make sure my body right before practice. Uh, then we got special teams meeting, uh, receiver meeting. Then we got walkthrough. Then we come back, watch the walkthrough, watch special teams walkthrough. Then we got lunch. Um, then we come out for practice. Then after practice, we got special teams meeting, receiver meeting. Uh, then by that time, it's like 
8.30, so we're yeah. done by then. And then you're heading back to the hotel. Now, are you chilling out at the hotel? Are you calling your parents? Are you playing video games? Like, what do you do to kind of release your mind? Uh, I get back to the hotel. I probably lay in the bed for about 10 minutes and then just relax. And then uh, start studying the playbook, making sure I know what I got for the next day. And then by that time, it's about 10 o'clock, so I'll probably be going to sleep. That's amazing. I mean, when they say that football is a business, like, <laughs> it ain't no lie, right? Like, you have, to, you have to be there. Not only when you're at the building, you've got to put it all of your work into this into this project, don't you? Yeah, you really do. And, and for you, um, has it? have you gotten a lot of phone calls and have you ignored your family and friends? Is there a message that you'd like to give your family? They're watching this, they're listening to this. They feel ignored. They want to know how you're doing at training camp. Do you have a message for mom and dad? <laughs> uh, yeah, I got a message for my mother. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I love you, and I'll text you and tell you that tonight. All right, that's beautiful. Uh, John, uh, you seem to be playing good. Is this, the, is this the best football you think you've ever played in your life? Uh, yes, I do. That's awesome. Uh, how how inspir you know, inspirational is, is Jason Avon? When I talked to him before camp started, he really wanted to work with you and Quez and with Jalen um, specifically. How vital has his input been to your development? Uh, yeah, he definitely helped me a lot. Um, just talking to me, giving me tips on like how to run routes or like how to learn a playbook and, and, and just everything, like even off the field stuff, just learning how to be a man and conducting myself and everything. He, he helped me in a lot of ways. Well, John Hightower, you've done a great job. Good luck the rest of the way here in training camp and, uh, and go down to Washington, to Maryland and, and beat Washington. That your, your team that you grew up with, they're no longer your team. They're, they're, <laughs> they're just another team in the NFC East that we beat up on. I got you. Appreciate it. Thanks, John. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. That will do it for this episode of the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Please drop us a rating if you can. We love to hear from you. And those five-star ratings really do help us out internally. And it also helps people around the world find this Eagles podcast. So thank you very much for your support. Thanks to Peter Kelly and Ray Doyle for their work. Thanks to all of you for joining once again. We're going to be back on Saturday night after the Eagles cut down to 53. The plan is Howie Roseman one-on-one. So interested to find out how the Eagles reach 53. A lot of injuries to consider, a lot of youth to consider, a lot of variables in 2020. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro. Thanks, everyone, for joining. Have yourselves a great Eagles day, and fly, Eagles fly.